This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. Welcome to a Hawkside Guns podcast restart. Uh, we've been around or been gone for, uh, I'm going to guess, let's see, when podcast 16 come out? November 2nd, so almost three quarters of a year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that we didn't like doing the cast. It's not like we, we were like, oh, it sucks or anything like that. Not any of that at all. Juana, who uh, is also on the cast, does has a lot of life going on. He's retired and he's like shooting guns and going to a lot of auctions and going to a lot of stuff and shows and everything and it, doing a lot it, of stuff. It must be awful for him. Yes. Yes. It's so terrible. It's just so terrible. I wake up every day going, that bastard. <laughs> Which is a reference to my own heritage, if you think about it. So what we've done is uh, we still love talking about guns, and Bono will be back on the cast from time to time uh, whenever he has something extremely exciting or something that he really wants to talk slash bitch about. I'm sure he will be back. (laughs) We won't be able to get rid of him. It'll be fine. But what we did is we got the only other person I know who loves to talk about guns as much as I do, and that's friend of the cast, Jake. Jake, welcome, such as it is, to the show. Jake is uh, going to be a regular fixture, a co-host, on the show from here on out, really. The interesting thing about Jake, at least as far as I'm concerned, is what you were listening to, if you've listened to the first, I don't know, 16 casts of Hawkside Guns cast, which I don't know who that would be because we only got... You know, around, mm, I'd say around two to 500 people tops um, listening to the show at any one point. But we should, a, we should work on that. Yeah, yeah, we're going to work on that. However, we wanted to restart. We wanted to do stuff. But, but what you were listening to before was two very, very like-minded people. Now, Bonnie and I had some very different opinions on, on certain guns and certain styles and all that stuff but for the most part i'd say we we kind of ran together at around 80 85 percent as far as the preferences and, and opinions that we had now jake here who i've known for god what jake 10 years almost about that yeah is equally a gun nut as the rest of us i'd say we're we're a good bit apart on some of the things that we like and dislike as far as gun preference is that fair we also came to it from different directions and at different times in life and from different histories as well. Also very true. I came to guns. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I was educated on, on firearms very early, but um, for me, it was always my, my father and my family, my brother, everyone loves target shooting, which is very much not my style i'm very much a snap shooter so i like quick draws and i like skeet shooting and i like things that are moving but that said i don't like to hunt not really it's not a a dispersion as i've said on 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 hunters or or hunting in general i just it's an awful lot of work and responsibility and i just don't care to have done it before probably will do it again but my family grew up like that and it wasn't until very recently um last three, four years where I picked up uh, shotguns and, and clay shooting. So that was uh, where I came from. On the other hand, I actually grew up in the state of Maryland, which has one of the more stringent 
restrictions on owning <laughs> firearms that in this in the United States. Um, I think California, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and New York are the only ones that even come close. Yeah, I know Cali hates guns, and I know uh, New York isn't really fond of them either. But um, you know, that like, isn't uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't like DC like in and out of Maryland? Uh, yeah, DC is considered its own thing, but it's literally split halfway between Maryland and Virginia. Yeah, and and Virginia is actually pretty pro-gun. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely, and it yeah, is I mean, kind of funny because a lot of the craziness that goes along around here is what happens if you accidentally drive across a border (laughs) right um which which the commonwealth of virginia is very for firearms and weapons of almost every kind type and description um the state of maryland however as i'm sure you can you know from personal experience not so much uh, no, in fact, they've actually, everything has to be on a list of approved firearms. Oh um, y- yeah. If so, even then what you're, you're not dealing with anything new, it takes about a year from what I understand, or at least the last time I was paying attention to it, it took about a year for a new firearm to make it from hitting manufacturing to making it on the list. Wow. That is, see, now that's that's a lot different because where I grew up in Texas, and I've been in Texas since I was twelve years old, and before that I was in Chicago, and but I, I mean I was a little young for that kind of thing. But since I was twelve years old, I mean I went to high school in a very rural area, and there were literally farm trucks on the high school parking lot with gun racks and and loaded guns in them. Right, that people use for calling coyotes and wolves and boar, which we have here in in North Texas. I mean, it's like if you've got several hundred acres, which a lot of people around here do, and you are, I think several hundred acres is the actual size of the state of Delaware. (laughs) Well, to to put it in perspective, the the ranch I go shoot at uh, that belongs to a friend of mine. is 753 acres and i mean it's it's texas kind of woodland and 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 uh got a lake and a river through it and all that kind of stuff i mean we break clays over the water pretty much every week in fact that's where i was yesterday and that's why shawnee doesn't do anything on saturday mornings um it's like i don't schedule anything nope going to shoot gotta go uh but I mean, that's I, I sh- randomly shoot on 750 some odd acres, and that's a good size ranch, but that's nothing compared to what some people have around here. I mean, I've shot on 1,500 acres, 1,200 acres. Uh, there was a ranch that uh, we used to shoot on, or a, a plot of land that was, I think, 2,800 uh, acres. I mean, that's large amounts of land. And, and once again, just to show the contrast, I have to drive two hours to find an outdoor range that's far enough away from somebody's house that they don't freak out. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff. Like, I, I can load up, to give you some example, you know, for those of you who, who are like, huh? I, I, give you an example. I loaded, uh, the other day, we, we have been cooped up for a little while. Um, we were between shooting areas, and uh, we'd been going to a lot of shows, getting a lot of guns, and kind of turning them, trading them, flipping them, doing all kinds of stuff. And we had approximately 13 guns that we had never shot. 
and we we couldn't wait we had ammunition for all of them we loaded up the car we loaded all this back in the back of a a uh, suv headed out and we got pulled over Bar- you know broken parking lot or uh, uh brake light and the cop and I, rolls and i'm sure you had much less issue than i ever would have zero issue I mean, the tinted, the, the, we did not have tinted windows. You could see directly into the car. There's literally 13 gun cases and, you know, like 10 boxes of clays, targets, ammunition laying all over everywhere, all that kind of, I mean, we had a, literally a, a back trunk area full of guns in full sight in cases and unloaded and everything, but yeah, f- literally a trunk full of guns. And the cop rolls up, looks in the back. And, and literally, I mean, I swear to God, it was so hysterical. I was a little worried because I'm like, uh, I don't know how this is going to go. I mean, we had uh, receipts for all of them. We, we yeah. kept all of it and everything. But he just went, well, y'all loaded for bear. What y'all doing? Going hunting? We're like, no, <laughs> we, we're going to. We're gonna go, uh, you know, test all these guns. We just got them at the gun show. Oh, did you go to the the Fort Worth gun show? That was a great show, wasn't it? And I'm like, yes, sir, it was. In fact, that's two of them. Where two of them came from? That was a great show. Y'all boys know you got a bunker and brake light, don't you? It's like, uh, no, sir, we didn't. <laughs> well, y'all get that taken care of. Y'all have a good time shooting. Where are you going to shoot? Uh, we're going to shoot on this guy's land. Oh, I went to school with him. Y'all have a good time. He's a good old boy. You tell him I said hi, and then off we went. That's <laughs> trunk full yeah. of guns, zero problem, right? That's yeah, if Texas. It, if it wasn't so hot, Texas would be my dream land. <laughs> it is a little uh, warm. It, I mean, the state of Delaware is actually pretty easy going as far as firearms is concerned. They've been, they've done some legal stuff trying to make it not be anymore, but it's failed every time. Um, <laughs> the problem is, is once again, is I live right smack in between New Jersey and Maryland. Um so, and New Jersey is notorious for having tried to arrest off-duty police officers who had their weapon with them. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, um, I've seen those, yeah. And whereas Maryland is, is you, I can have them in the car, but I have to have been going to and or from shooting. I can't stop anywhere. Yeah, that's a little different than Texas. Uh, Texas, we have open carry. We have concealed carry. We have... <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and, carry and, wherever. And, and once again, uh, Delaware, you have open carry and concealed carry. I mean, I have a Delaware permit. I also have a New Hampshire permit, a Virginia permit, and a Utah permit, which basically, other than the states that we previously mentioned, I'm legal in all of them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just the fact that I live smack in between the two that are the most rough. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's not a... You know, and down here, it, it's it's a little bit different. Like we, uh, I remember Shannon and I were were talking because we heard it was on the news or, or something that you know they were saying, oh, a police officer had, was carrying his gun off duty, and her and her like ten cop friends we were sitting at at dinner with went, well, of course he was. He was off duty. He had his gun with him. What the hell's the problem? <laughs> you know, that's the way Texas works. Okay, and and that's it, it's a different mentality here. Um, Fire and but at the same time, you know, firearm safety and and doing stupid shit with firearms will get you in trouble, not from the cops down here, but from everybody else going. If you screw this up for us, oh you know, yeah, it's it's not it's not the cops you got to worry about most of the time. If you're doing something stupid out with your friends or out at the range or out with adults or something like that, even if you're a kid, 
it doesn't matter who it is. They are going to snap you around and be like, look, don't be stupid. Don't do stupid things. And you you learn. And, and my father will be the first to tell you about me shooting my brother in, in the back of the calf or the ass or something like that with a BB gun from the roof. But though I was 13, and, you know, you learn from that. Oh, um, yeah. With, with, with us, it was the pellet gun and the fox helmet lived across the street that wouldn't shut up in the middle of the night. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, everybody does stupid shit when you're a kid, but... At the same time, you know, there's there's different mentalities, um, you know, around. And I, I swear, there's this happy medium in in between where you're not quite Ted Nugent, which bless him, he's doing he's doing crom's work. I mean, I get it, <laughs> but he's a little hard for some people to swallow. You know, this AR-15 is a sporting rifle. No, it's not, Ted. <laughs> Much love for you, homie. Well, then, then, then the, I, I, years ago, I read an argument about using a Barrett 50 for home defense. It was kind of like, are you kidding me? A Barrett 50 when you need to shoot a burglar three houses down behind a safe. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no reason for that. I mean, like, I don't personally think like that's that's one of the things where I, this is going to be very unpopular okay i'm going to say this and it's it's going to bring down hell from the eight people who listen to this but i think there are certain weapons which you should need to i don't know whether it's a license or or like an explanation but like you need to explain to some kind of paperwork or authority like why you need a barrett 50 right like why why do you need that right it, I, it, I mean yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, there's some guns. It's like, look, this was made as an anti-infantry weapon. Well, anti-tank gun. Yeah, and, and it was it was made to, to like, shoot through armor-plated barricades to, to damage either either vehicles or, or personnel behind armored or, or in bunkers or stuff like that. I mean, that's what this thing is for. It's... They made sniper rifle shots from over a mile and a half with this thing. So, like, you don't need that to shoot deer. I mean, look, I, I'm all for the big stuff, okay? Like, you want a big round, no problem. But you don't need a fifty caliber rifle like that for much, okay? That is a, there's a difference, and in, in, uh, I'll give Ted Nugent this. You know, there are some things that are weapons of war, okay? An AK-47 is a weapon of war. A Barrett 50 is a weapon of war, okay? An AK or a, 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 an AR-15, not a weapon of war, but look, it's not a sporting rifle either. I I, I don't know what it is in between. Well, I mean, look, even speaking as someone who owns one, um, yeah, you're not going hunting with that. No, no, you're not going to shoot deer. Like, he's, it's a deer rifle. No, it's kind of not. I've seen deer. I have a deer rifle. You know, I've got, I've got a nice Marlin forty-four mag, lever action. Okay, that's a deer rifle. A thirty-thirty is a deer I was, rifle. I was, I was looking at one of those the other day. Oh, I love it. I love it. If you were closer, I'd lend it to you. It's beautiful, beautiful rifle. I picked one up for fifty bucks at an auction that wasn't working. I put okay. ten dollars okay. worth of parts in it. Here's the other part where we explain differences in our necks of the wood. Um. Sean has gun shows that have thousands of tables and you can buy things off of people for a couple hundred bucks here and there. Sure. Um, I don't. <laughs> I mean, there's there's one gun show in this state and it's maybe 30 tables. Oh, wow. um, I've even I've even worked it 
then it yeah it's it's not that big um you're not having as much exchanging back and forth of aftermarket firearms around here uh so you, it's more of a premium cost to purchase something around here even if it is aftermarket or used wow like so. the average show for me is somewhere in the neighborhood of a thousand tables yeah i, I don't even know what that looks like <laughs> You know what you need to do? You need to come down here in the beginning of November. I think on November 11th and 12th. Uh, we'll we'll take a, or maybe I'll just meet you there. We'll take a ride out to Tulsa, Oklahoma. You ever heard of this show? It's called the Tulsa, Oklahoma Gun Show. It's uh, when in Mockers. No, new on me. Uh, yeah, it is the largest gun show in the world. And basically, there are over, over 4,000 tables. Takes, I, I don't. I don't know if I'd know what to do with myself. It's, uh, and I'm not kidding. Okay, this is not an exaggeration. It is 11 acres of guns. Not kidding. I, I'm woozy just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, you can look it up. It's it's the uh, it's the world's largest gun show. It happens once a year. It is. Uh, I think it's. I don't remember when it is. Um, I, I think it's the, this year, I don't know when it is, but it, it is huge, huge, oh. huge, huge. And that's the biggest one. Now I've not been there. What I've done is I've prepped a lot of people to go to that show. Cause that's the biggest one. Like more guns change hands at that show than most arms makers deal in a year. I'd probably um, have to road warrior it down because I wouldn't know how to get them home. <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's pretty crazy um there's there's all kinds of stuff um i think it's oh no this year it's november 9th and 10th in 2019 um and it happens uh, no it happens twice a year it happens in april and it happens in november and it's it's not very much money and you go in and you're gonna need more than a day I mean, it's a gun show that you literally, if you started in the morning, you couldn't walk it. Not even looking at guns. You couldn't walk all the tables in a day. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how many guns we're talking. Now, I don't go to gun shows that are that big. They're normally anywhere from 600 to 1,200 tables big. Uh, which is a pretty good uh, good size show. I mean, uh, and, and once again, you're you're you'd probably have the same reaction at the Tulsa one that I would have. Holy at crap! <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't even know how to handle it. You know, I mean, just just go with money. Um, but I mean, there's there's all these these guns that, like, uh, and, and I do guns a little bit differently than than most people. Like, you could take a picture. I could I could lay out on the floor all my guns today, and I guarantee you, about three quarters of those will change this this exact date next year. Um, you know, you go through them, you find stuff you like, you find stuff you don't like, but when you have easy access to them and you can sell them easily for, um, an often case, cause we get like basket cases or crappy guns and, and, or, or ones that need repair or, or revitalization or something like that. We'll do that and then sell them for either the same or slightly more than we got them for sometimes a lot more. And, um, and at, le at least your dollars and cents positive on that one. I, tend to end up being dollars and cents negative on mine because the dealer that I work with here tends to allow me to 
sell back guns that I purchased, but you you never get back what you paid for them. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's... I I do have a, and he's pretty nice about uh, layaway terms. In order, okay, I'll order that for you. Just give me a couple bucks and give me another couple bucks whenever you got a couple bucks, and eventually it's yours. Sure. Um, which is very understanding. Um, so I've almost always have something on layaway. <laughs> and a lot of times what I'll do is as it kind of starts to get towards the end of it and I start getting itchy, I start looking in my safe going, which one of these do I not really play with anymore? <laughs> so, yeah. And, and that's pretty popular. Like, we'll if we're going out just to buy something to buy something for a project or something like that, like I'm bored and I want to redo a gun or, or, you know, I need a, you know, I want to do a wood carving, you know, on a stock and everything just to, just to get one and sell one back. I'll buy one for like a hundred, 150 bucks and then, you know, do a wood carving on it, clean up the steel, make sure it's all oiled and good. Ha, and clean have out. you thrown pictures of your wood carvings onto the website yet? No, I don't think so because it's. Uh, I really started wood carving and and checking and doing the etching and and uh, engraving after we stopped. It's one of the skills that I was learning when we were stopping this cast, and or, or stopped doing it for a little while. And I don't think anybody's seen it. I well, I mean, you've sent me a couple pictures of it, and um, it almost makes me wish I was into wood guns. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I mean, I've actually kind of like gone. Okay, can I find a small twelve gauge and send it out to him? You sure know. can. <laughs> or I can just buy one for you and carve it and send it to you. you know? so. But I mean, I, and I'm learning to do like synthetics. So, like, um, you could like the stippling and and um, um, material or not material uh, texturizing that they yeah. do on a lot of the synthetic stuff. I can do that. Um, you know, and I'm learning to do that too. So I can do uh, thin engraving on synthetics. I can do like carving, like honest to God carvings on wood, and and that's probably my favorite right now. But um, I'm also doing like um, engraving and etching and and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, it's super good. It's it's what happens when you give an artist like a new canvas. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, you know I was trained as an artist for a long time, and and you know I made my living with it, and then I got into guns, and then went you know. I can make these more valuable. Oh, I mean, a, you can turn a a, uh, a wooden firearm or even a synthetic one into an actual masterpiece of art. And and not only that, people will pay you for that. Yeah, and, and that's what we've been finding. I mean, we've been taking, like, our, our great success stories. Um, you know, here's the secret. You know, it's not a secret. Um, buy crappy guns <laughs> that are, are of models or makes that people like. You know, so your Remingtons, your Mossberg, you know, this is all like shotgun stuff, but uh, your Remingtons, your Mossberg, your Marlins, as far as rifles go, um, you know, we've done some Springfields, we've done all kinds of stuff, uh, but major brand names that people have or remember. Yeah. And then get those that are trashed or dirty or, you know, sometimes they're broken in a way that we can fix and get those, carve them up, fix them up, shine them up, refinish them, and then bring them back to the same gun show you can even, in some cases, bring it back to the same guy, and they'll give you two to three times more than you paid for it. Like we've bought them at one hundred and twenty and sold them for four hundred. Um, 
just because the what you get back out of it is a gun that he can turn right around and sell for five, you know, or six, yeah. or whatever it is. So, because you know he's always going to make money on it, and that's the thing. Like, you can't go back to a gun show and ask for retail; they're not going to give it to you because they got to make money too. So, you know, the the real trick to doing it is is buying sub re, like way sub wholesale, and then you know selling back at wholesale, and then he gets his retail money out of it, and then every you know everybody wins on that. But you got to be able to do something to it that's going to make it worth that on the other end. Um, so we're not, we're not out any, um, but the problem that I have is kind of the same problem you have. As soon as I get money, I go, what can I buy? Oh yeah. <laughs> what can I, I mean, get? Every time I'm spending time in the gun store and they start talking about hits on their website, I kind of look over and go, you do realize that at least 70% of that is me. <laughs> like it's all me, man. It's, it's just like, have you checked the IP address? It's all me. It's, it's all my phone. <laughs> yeah because this, this place is a small little hole in the wall place that does most of their business online so they're always talking sure. about website hits and it's kind of like no no that was me yeah all <laughs> me like half of that just already that's like you got four hits this morning that was me yeah i was i was just looking and dreaming yeah so i mean there's there's a lot you can and you know, the, buying guns online, sight unseen, you know, so to speak. So you just see a picture of it and, and what it is in description. Like if you do on eGunner or, um, God, I want to say it's Pete's or Bucks or something like that. Um, there's a couple of sites, you know, Gunbroker. Although Gunbroker, yeah. you wind up paying, you know, it's it's not it's not terrible. I mean, you wind up paying the, the brokerage fee, right? Cause they got to ship it to you and you pay the brokerage fee and you pay whatever it is. So you, it's normally a little higher. Um, I've, I've, I've actually tried selling firearms on those before and have been quite unsuccessful. I've run into several scams, uh, almost of the nature of the Nigerian prince who wants to put money in your bank account scams. Sure. Um, and so I just kind of went, I'm done. Yeah, and I, I think that's fair comment. Uh, to be honest, it's that's why we always preferred the gun shows around here because a they are plentiful. Um, there's a gun show. There's probably two, three gun shows a month here, uh, over 600 tables, um, and you know it's real difficult to cheat a guy if you're holding on to the cash and he's holding on to the money and you're looking him in the eye and he's looking you in the eye. You know, um, oh yeah, real difficult to to cheat somebody like that. Uh, plus I have found and I don't know how all these guys are at, you know, at their respective businesses. Cause a lot of people who populate gun shows have gun shops, gun, sh you know, uh, gun stores, whatever, um, at a gun show, man, it is the friendliest bunch of people you ever seen. And, and we've never been now we have to be, you have to be careful, you know, cause if they see you coming and they know you don't know anything, of course they're going to sell you a gun you know, that yeah. you may or may not need. Um, but if you know what you're doing and you have questions or you're unsure or, or you're like, man, how much do you think this is worth? And go to a couple of them and ask, you know, you know what, Steve down there at the end, he'll tell you about that. Now, he collects those and he's going to give he's going to tell you where you could best sell that. Now, I don't deal in that. So you're going to have to go down there. But he'll you tell him, Steve, you know, and he'll uh, yell well, at him. Talk I mean, to this guy. Very similar to this, which you usually have in a lot of the gun shops, gun tables, et cetera, is you've got a guy who does rifles, you've got a guy who does pistols, yeah. and you've got a guy who does shotguns. 
and then even then amongst like the pistol guys you've got a guy who's a um glock fanatic you've got a guy who's a sig fanatic um you know when you talk about shotguns you've got somebody who's either a mossberg fanatic or a remington fanatic and there's usually somebody that they'll point at and go oh go talk to him yeah he'll he'll, he'll help you out they know the ding they know the thing just trust me you want you want to go talk to them I mean, it's a it's a bunch of friendly people. It's the friendliest group, and I I normally don't do social gatherings of of any kind. It's I I get social anxiety. I have problems in crowds. Yeah, you and me both. And and it's not my favorite. At a gun show, completely different experience. You know, all these people are there, and they're all we're all after the same shit. You know, the the people so, behind the tables want to sell you guns, and the people on the other side want to buy them. You know. So it's so your two places are gun shows and strip clubs. Yep. Yep. Okay. As a matter of fact, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> perfectly at home. Uh, it's it's just it's it's a fun time, you know. And honestly, if push came to shove, and don't you tell the other cast I said this, if push came to shove, if you said Sean, do you want to go to a strip club or Sean, do you want to go to a gun show? I'd pick a gun show. Actually, I think I'd agree with you on that one. <laughs> Because one of them, at least, you know, I'm going to go home with something, all right? You don't go home with anything except a lighter wallet from the strip club. You know? <laughs> so you go home, you got gold in your pocket from a gun show, black gold. You got to oh, look at this barrel. Oh, I've been chasing this gun for three years, you know. Um, it's great. I, I I love going to a gun show. I well, love it. That, that's the other one di- difference uh, uh, between the two of us is since you're looking more at the I don't want to go so far as to say antique, but older firearms. Well, they are older. Um, um, well, you've yeah. got things that you've been hunting down for years. I've got something that I saw on um, online that was brand spanking new that I've been itching since just waiting for them to release. <laughs> yeah, there is a difference in that. Um, now, not to say that I don't like some new some new guns like um uh, just recently, as a matter of fact, I, my wife wanted, I sold, and I got yelled at, I sold her shotgun. Uh, we had a, a 12 gauge, uh, home defense shotgun mm-hmm. that I sold. It was a, a little, um, uh, well, it's more your style. It's a, you know, 18 inch, 18 and a half inch barrel pump action, synthetic stock, um, all steel receiver, 12 gauge, right? Yeah. It had a side saddle on the, the stock and everything like that. It just, it was set up for home defense, had a flashlight under the tube. Yeah. Fine. Um, I, I had a friend of mine who really needed uh, home defense. He just had, uh, just got inherited kind of a uh, wife and a baby. He got married. It's the, the kid came with it and he's like, I need a gun. It's like, uh, okay. So I sold him that one and I got in trouble. That was mine. I'm like, well, I had no idea. Um, <laughs> okay. I will fix this. There's a gun show this weekend. I'll fix it. And I got a, uh, uh, and I think I sent you a picture of this one at the time. I got it, a Rock Island Armory uh, 12 gauge. It's uh, 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 coated silver, had I think uh, I did see this. black hand grip, uh, put yeah. a flashlight and a laser light underneath the Picatinny rail on the slide. Beautiful, beautiful. And it, I mean, it was 200 bucks, brand spanking new, has an extra, came with an extra barrel and an extra field stock. So it had a field stock, a grip stock. A, uh, I think a 28 inch barrel with two chokes and uh, an 18 inch uh, barrel for home defense. So we put the short yeah. barrel and the, and the grip on it and a little laser light and level. And now she has a system that's better than the one she had. 
Um, so I don't have any problem with new guns per se, but the stuff I'm really in love with and the stuff I really like to work on and fuck with is the the older stuff. You know, like mm, I'd say a third of my shotguns are pre-1955. Okay, and I don't have anything that's pre-2018. <laughs> I don't think I got one other than the RAA that's that's that new. Um, I think, let's see, what's the last new gun I have? I'm trying to think. Um, I'm like looking at my gun case behind me. I'm like 1948, 1958, 19... Well, and then the other thing is, is you're talking about shotguns with just about everything I have with one exception at the moment fires 9mm. Yeah, and that's that's true. Like, uh, like I'm super light on pistols. I have uh, uh, a... Uh, well, no, but, but even my AR and my AK are both 9mm varieties. <laughs> I, well, and and it is reason I like to shoot a lot, and I like to shoot cheap. Well, and it's difficult. That's true. It's difficult to get around the nine millimeter round as far as cheapness goes. Now, shotguns are actually cheaper to shoot, believe it or not. Um, if you're shooting like clays or something like that, because uh, yeah, you know they're they're just it's cheaper to run and spend the same amount of time on. Let me say that. Um, now, round for round, you know, eh, I don't know, but. Uh, you know, because I think you can get a box of twenty-five for about five bucks in twelve gauge. Um, uh, if if you're looking at like birdshot, yes, yes, exactly, which is what I shoot, right? But if you, but you know, at the same same time, if you're looking for dragon's breath, that's forty dollars for five, you know, um, or three. Uh, but but that's not good for home defense. You'll burn the house down. Well, you know, it's not, but it looks really cool um, on in the pictures. I'd never run one through a gun. Uh, quite honestly, because I've seen a bunch of guns that that have been used for tests. In fact, I bought a gun uh, that was a Dragon's Breath test gun. Uh, this is uh, earlier this year, I think, I guess around February, March. And I'm like, what happened to it? They're like, well, this is our test gun for Dragon's Breath. I'm like, how many rounds you run through it? They're like, I don't know, about 300. <laughs> like, well, you've killed it. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just anything. Was there anything left of the barrel? Not really. Uh, it had it had pox. It had like like scorch. I mean, it had just been scorched. It had screwed with the tempering so bad that it was messing with the bluing on the outside. Um, I mean, it was it was bad. I'm not sure it wasn't warped. To be honest, um, I mean, it it just it was terrible. I threw the barrel away. I did. I cut it in half. Threw it away. Um, there was there was nothing usable on that thing, and the closer you got back to the chamber, the worse it was. I mean, I had to hammer it off the freaking gun to get it um, unmated from the receiver. I had to drill a hole all the way through it, stick a a, a steel rod through to kind of grab it on either end and and like wrench it off. You know, shimmy it back and forth to wrench it off to get it off the receiver, and I had to take a blowtorch to the receiver to get it heated up enough that I could pull it back out and then re retemper it. I mean, that's that's, that's what, yeah. That's what Dragon's Breath does to a shotgun. I mean, uh, over long periods of time, it's not fun. Um, and you see where I kind of stand on Dragon's Breath as well. I mean, it looks really neat and stuff, and it's pretty cool. But God, I mean, if you're just looking to kill somebody, there's a lot easier ways to do it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. You know, <laughs> double hot buck works just fine. It's, it's you know, as long as you're using a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but there's a lot of things out there that you want to go, gee, there's an easier way of doing that. I mean, and the worst part about it is, is I made a, 
the first time I went in to buy a firearm, um, as I was waiting for them to bring the gun out to me after running my background check. And yes, we do have background checks here for everything. Um, I was standing in front of the glass case looking down and I happened to find myself in front of the desert Eagle guns. Oh, and I looked at one of those and my statement was, dear God, what sort of idiot would carry one of those? (laughs) And I'm sure you can know exactly where this is going. How many people had him on their hip at the moment? Uh, well, the, the, the very large gentleman behind the counter lifted up his shirt, and he was wearing he had one tucked <laughs> in his waistband, <laughs> at which point I went, I'm going to go stand over there. I'm sorry. My bad. That's, uh, I should stop <laughs> saying things out loud. Yeah. Well, you know what? We had our hands on a uh, a Desert Eagle 50 cal. Um, yeah, just a uh, – it was a, a IMI, a Israeli military, yeah. um, uh, blacked out. Uh, it had uh, it had two barrels. It had a 44 and a 50. You could swap them out, and I think it came with two clips and all that stuff. And we happened to cross it at an estate sale, and we got super good deal on it and everything. And um, just just because we knew like we could move it, right? It's a desert eagle. Yeah. Of course you can move it. Um, and we were going to do it at a wholesale price, and we took it to our show. Uh, show we didn't even get in the show we were still standing in line because we always get there early and uh we were standing in line waiting for it to open we didn't even get in the show and you know guy comes around and says hey is that uh is that desert eagle yes sir it is may i see it <laughs> yes sir you can oh i always wanted one of these i'm like you know in my head i'm like what the hell for <laughs> you know <laughs> like why why <laughs> you know <laughs> I always well, how much are you selling it for? We're like, uh, you know, both barrels and the clips and the gun, you know, eight fifty. Dude, and that's just a handed, good, that, and that's a good deal on one of those. Yeah, oh yeah, no, and the pricing was fair. We just we shot it once. It came with a, a couple boxes of ammunition. It's dollar fifty around for that thing, and uh, or maybe it's two dollars around or dollar seventy five. But it's like between a dollar fifty, two dollars around for that thing. Depending I like on, my I like my thirty bucks for a box of a hundred. Yeah, or, exactly. Excuse me, box of, box of 200. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, you can, you know, but it, it's pretty expensive to shoot 50 cal. And uh, dude didn't even, he didn't say anything. He just handed me the gun back, reached in his back pocket, and started flipping out hundreds, right? I mean, didn't even, like, no further words were exchanged, you know? <laughs> do, 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 and then reached in the other pocket, grabbed a 50, handed me the cash, you know, started looking all through it and everything. Thank you very much. And went back to his truck and drove off, right? He's done. He's going to shoot his 50. I'm like, well, I, I guess, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, other than a dick extension, like, why, <laughs> why do you need a 50 caliber handgun? You know, <laughs> I mean, seriously, why do you like, I understand if you've got something like, like if we lived somewhere in Alaska, you know, and you had a grizzly. Okay. This is a reason to have a big gun, right? But you could do that with a 44 mag or or even a 10 millimeter auto if you wanted to. Right. You know, okay, like I understand. You want the grizzly dead if you happen upon him. Get it. Totally fine. The biggest thing you got to worry about in Texas really, you know, you got snakes, those are poisonous, but those are fast and those are easily handled with any kind of shotgun in any kind of range, right? Yeah. Um you've got scorpions, step on them. Wear boots, step on them. 
Um, that's out in West Texas, so that's not really where I am. And you've got boar. Okay, now on the ranch I shoot at, we do have boar. And, uh, you know, we were surprised by one uh, earlier in the spring. And I went, hmm, you know, we, we could shoot it with a shotgun, but we were had birdshot. And if you have a full tusker and you got birdshot in your 12-gauge shotgun, what you are going to do is piss him off unless you exactly. have it directly to his forehead. Now, luckily, we also had a forty-four Mag Marlin in the in the car, and but we could make it to the car before he made it to us, so that's what we did. Now, now I carry a Bond Arms forty-five four ten Derringer on my hip, right? So I've got two four ten slugs, which will do it. High powered, high brass four ten Defender slugs. That's going to go through a boar's head. But that's about the biggest thing you got in Texas. I'm not sure what you need a 50 caliber handgun for. Um, now, I have no problem. It's not like a Barrett 50, okay? Yeah. A Barrett 50, that's a lot of powder, okay, and a big-ass projectile. I'm not sure what you need that for. I don't necessarily see the need for anyone to have one. A 50 cal pistol is a lot smaller round than a Barrett 50, you know, a 50 caliber rifle round. It's but also still, not moving as fast. Absolutely. Um, but I can't think of anything you need a fifty that a forty four mag couldn't do. And I'm sure there is something, and maybe there's something I'm I'm not educated on, but like wouldn't you rather have the forty four mag? It's cheaper to shoot. But maybe it's the mystique of the Desert Eagle, you know, like everybody like you tell somebody, Yeah, I got a Desert Eagle fifty cal, people go, Oh, you know. <laughs> like everybody wanted to see it. Like yeah. nobody, I mean, nobody had the cash for it, at the, you know, standing in line except for that guy. But everybody wants to see it, just to see it, right? And the, the we had the uh, the IMI version, which is black, right? It's all blacked yeah. out, the whole thing. At the same time, we got that gun. We got a, uh, a Remington 300 Win Mag bolt-action rifle with a big 20-power scope on it. Cool. I think, and a heavy tactical barrel. Like, it was heavy. I think that, so we sold that for like 650 no big deal. I mean, it it was it was about the right price for for you know less than retail wholesale, but with the scope on it and all that kind of stuff, it yeah. was worth. It was more than worth the money. But we sold that one as well to actually the friend whose ranch we we shoot on. We gave him a great deal on it. Here, you know, take take that. Be happy. We're gonna shoot on your shit. We're gonna shoot on your land. It's great. Here, have this gun for less money than <laughs> than you need. Um, and I think the, the oh God was the third one. Oh, the third one was the the Marlin that I took. You know, it was broken. Um, the first time we tried to, to load a round in it, it got stuck, and we had to take the gun completely apart with the live round in it um, yeah, before scary. we could. Yeah. Oh no, it was super scary. You know, it was it was broken. We understand why we got it for fifty bucks. Now I've since fixed it, completely redone it, um, refinished all the wood on it, refinished all the steel, did all the stuff to it, and everything like that. And our last offer, I, I hauled it to a show. I don't think I'm I'm gonna sell it because I do like it. Is I think the last offer we got was about four fifty five hundred bucks. I think somebody was willing to pay for it. It's a beautiful condition now, but that's the kind of thing you do. You go to these these places, these shows, these things, and happen upon guns. And some of them, I just I don't know. I can't figure out a reason like people love them. But why do you need that? You know, I, it, whatever reason. Well, but, the reason but, could be but, I like it. You know, for, I get well, it. For, for some people, it's also not even the idea of shooting them. Some people just want to put them in a case and say, I have it. I totally understand that. 
right? I I totally get that. Like some of these guns, like you'll see them in a gun show, or and I'm sure you've seen them too. They're just there's no other word for it, gilded, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. They've they're just they've got gold plated everything. They've got pearl grips. They've got every like 95 percent coverage on the engraving. You know, like you see a lot of 1911s like this, right? Um, um, the uh, the the gun shop that I go to, I'm looking it up now. Be, uh, give him another hit on his website. Um, <laughs> and uh, in the process, he's you can of, mention it if you want. Nobody's going to hear this. It's not like <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I got to work out some sort of deal where he gives me some money of some. <laughs> I should say nobody's going to hear this this week. We'll probably I, I, we'll probably I, release I, it next week. I, I'm cheap, <laughs> uh, but I mean, well outside my own price range, obviously. But where is it? In store, pre-owned handguns. Yeah, see, you see a lot of these. These now, I wouldn't buy. Now, see, I cheat though, because I'll just make one. If I if I want a gilded gun or something that's got like a lot of coverage engraving and carving and stuff like that, I'll just do it myself. And that's kind of cheating because you don't have to pay the exorbitant fee that, oh, it, yeah, that, because, that it would be for that. Because what I just looked up, what this guy has is a pair of unfired Colt SAA Army revolvers. Oh, God. Yeah. And they're basically a matched pair for 12000 <laughs> Now, would I love to have those? And oh, God, of course you oh, would. absolutely. Of Do course. I have $12,000? Nope. If I did, I'd buy a car, not a gun, you know, like, <laughs> holy crap, man. There's, I mean, that's, and that's the thing, right? Like, and, and this is just my personal opinion and, and some people differ on this a great deal. Okay. In my personal opinion, and that's all it is. I don't think that I would ever be comfortable having a gun. I wouldn't shoot or feel comfortable dragging into the middle of a field and, and shooting or dropping. Right. Like the my favorite gun to shoot skeet with, I've got a a, a two, I've got a a twelve gauge uh, uh, Remington Wingmaster, yeah, uh, pump action Wingmaster. It's a beautiful gun. Refinished it. I, you've seen it on the site before, probably. It's got a cuts competitor, and it's from nineteen forty eight. Okay, I love that gun. Um, I put stocks and grips on it from the nineteen seventies. It's beautiful. I completely refinished it. There is not a day that goes by that I feel bad dragging it into the middle of a field, right? If it gets a scratch on it, get a scratch on it. I'll buff it out later. It's fine. Um, the other one is actually my my over and under, which is uh, a Bikle, which is a Russian gun. Um, it is it has all the same features and same finish out as a as a Browning Satori, at about a third of the cost. Now. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with a Bikel, um, there's a good reason for that. Because of the bans on Russian imports, you can no longer buy a Bikel in this country. So uh, the prices on them have been going way up. I bought it at, I think, I want to say five something. Um, now the price on the particular gun I have is somewhere around seven or eight. I'm still never going to sell it. I love it to death. It's my, my bargain base, my poor man's Satori, right? Yeah. Um, but I still wouldn't feel bad if I drug it in a field and got it messed up. And, and I've, I've said that on other casts before. I, I look for shooters, right? And I make shooters. I make presentation-ish, you know, super carved guns to drag. I'll drag mine out into a field as well. Now, we'll make them and pretty them up to sell them and gussy them up to sell them. But 
there are a lot of people out there who wouldn't dream of dragging their Bernelli out into the middle of a field in the middle of Texas, right? I might get it dirty or scratched. I'm like, yeah, you probably will. Bring something else. I'll bring something else for you. I wouldn't bring that $3,000 gun, skeet gun out to shoot in a field either. Well, I, I had an, uh, a funny one last time I was at the range. The um, One of the people on the rifle side of the range, their uh, AR jammed on them. And the uh, um, the range master went over and basically cleared everybody away and slammed the gun down to get the round out of it. Oh God! And the guy lost his mind. He's like, "Do you know that's a three thousand dollar gun? Do you know it's still and, got a round in it?" And 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 the 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 guy looked and picked up the round the the shell off the ground and sat there and basically looked at him and said, "If you've got a three thousand dollar gun, why are you putting cheap ass steel ammo through it?" <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. You know, like I sometimes it doesn't make sense. You know, like, what are you doing? It's, it's like, first of all, you, you know what? I agree with the range master. It's like, look, if you've got something that's that valuable, either don't shoot it, sell it or use it in the manner it was intended with the quality tools and ammunition that it requires to function. Right. If you know you got a finicky freaking ar don't put cheap crap through don't put cheap walmart ammo through it you know but um, once again that's why i stick with my nine millimeters because <laughs> i want to put cheap walmart ammo through yeah, it. exactly yeah, but again you know you've gone with sigs and glocks and and uh you know those type of things that can handle that well, I, I and actually the worst part about it is is the the gun that tore me up the most to sell, uh, I sold because it would only take expensive ammo, um, and I've had other people tell me that I was wrong, but I don't know what it was. Anytime I put anything other than expensive ammo through it, it jammed, and that was an H and K VP9. Um, I, I I loved that gun when it would fire, but <laughs> I I couldn't put cheap ammo through it so it got to a point where it's kind of like i'm it all it's going to do is sit in the safe i might as well let it go i i mean i, I totally understand that i mean we sold guns that bona bought i guess it was last year sometime he bought a browning bps 12 gauge shotgun um he had always wanted a browning shotgun I, um, I think i think i remember the story too yeah uh he he always wanted it he, he we got it for him you know we bought it we we found a really great deal on him. He was less than three hundred bucks. Uh, I mean, it was super cheap, and you know the guy was flush, and he had a bunch of guns. He had to start selling them, and this was one of the ones he had to start selling. So he's like, "All right, fine, whatever. Here, get this, take it, get out of here. I don't even want to look at it because I'm losing money on this." And we knew him, and he probably was, but he also knew we'd pay cash, and you know he didn't have to report it. So um, we did cash that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's like, yeah, you can get small tip. If you ever go into a gun show, take cash. All right. Because a lot of times with with half the dealers there, they're private sellers and you can work deals. And even if they're not private sellers, you can work deals with cash that you can't with a card. Because the minute you do card, they got to start turning tax. You got to fill out paperwork. Um, half the time with a with cash on a private seller, there is no paperwork. OK, you hand him money. He hands you a gun. You walk off. Right. It's called the gun show loophole. Look into it. It's great. Uh, anyway, Do, doesn't work here. 
<laughs> Dude, you need to come down to Texas. I, I, um, it's uh, <laughs> you're I, like I, I want I, to. Dude, I, I my only I've got one problem with that idea is unfortunately being a fat guy. Um, it's hot in Texas. Oh and, come on! Everybody sits in the air conditioning until it gets and cold. People, people like me do not handle hot. I mean, I, I'm already dying with the hot weather that we have in the Central East Coast. <laughs> it was 108 less. here last week. Yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah. I, you'd probably just find me dead in my couch somewhere. <laughs> along the time, so, hey, you look, you lose weight. You lose weight, or you die. It's great. <laughs> just stand outside for a little while. You lose 10 pounds. It's great. Uh, no, I mean, it, there is, but. To be on the other side of that coin, you can shoot for, you know, even when it's not hot. Like, we don't do a lot of shooting. Um, now, right now we are because we we're testing a lot of guns so that we can make sure they work and then selling them back. But um, normally we do a lot of shooting in the spring and the fall, which in Texas, that stretches out a little bit. And you've got about six months that is very comfortable you can shoot in, you know, that require a light jacket or no jacket at all. And, you know, you got two, three months here where you don't want to shoot at all. It's too freaking hot. You know? I, I, yeah, and I've got no hesitation up here to shoot in the middle of the winter. Yeah, well, see, you would be you would be cool for like except two three months out of the year here. Yeah, you know, from June to August, it's probably not a good time for you. But um, September's fine. It's like sixty five. You know, you could shoot in that. It's fine. It's great. Um, but there's and it doesn't hardly ever rain, man. It's like you're in the middle of a friggin' you know dry kind of non-humid area. It's great. Yeah, you'd love it. You should move down here. It's great, great for guns. But uh, I can't remember where I was going. Oh yeah, the Browning VPS. We, we could you talk about like you love to shoot your your VPS um, VP nine VP nine. I'm sorry. Uh, I combined VP nine and VPS. Uh, your VP nine uh, <laughs> when it would shoot right. Well, the BPS, the Browning BPS is almost, not quite, but almost impossible to take down. So when you get, in, in fact, all the, the videos we saw, all the websites we looked at, um, recommended if you wanted to do a complete teardown to clean it, you take it to a gunsmith. That's how hard it is. And they'll oh. be lucky if they can get it back together. Oh, dear God. And we're like, holy crap. Now, we're pretty mechanically inclined, and we're, we can machine parts, and we can do a lot of stuff. So we, we undertook this thing, and it took the pair of us a weekend to get this damn thing apart and back together. And as soon as he got it back together, he went, I hate this gun. We're going to sell it. I'm like, yep, yep, <laughs> yep. It's got to go. We're not going to. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> and we got more than we paid for for it you know because everybody's like oh my god a browning 12 gauge just, these are beautiful i'm like yep it's absolutely beautiful yep absolutely you, <laughs> you have it you have a good time with it you have a good time remember it's kind of a booger to take that thing apart no no it's a browning it'll be fine i'm like that's what we thought but you might want to okay yeah you have a good day sir <laughs> <laughs> you get out from under it uh, whereas the same time at the same time, you know, I've seen somebody take a Mossberg or a Remington and stick crayons in the end of a shotgun shell and shoot and blow those out the barrel and it's fine. You know, uh -huh. um, I mean, it just doesn't matter, right? You can load anything in a friggin' Remington or a Mossberg. So it's, it, it is different and it's, and it's nice to have somebody who, who uh, has a completely different, not only perspective, but taste in guns than me. Um, well, well, we're also 
looking at them for different purposes. You you do have a home defense uh, uh, gun in your house, but at the same I time, I carry. You know, yeah. I don't always find myself in the nicest parts of town. Yeah. Um, not, not only that, but um, <laughs> my, my wife got mad at me a couple weeks ago when I was leaving to go out to Walmart and put my gun on. And she asked me if I really needed that. And I looked her dead in the eye and said, have you watched the news lately? Have you seen the Walmart shooting thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, and my wife carries. So my wife carries both for her job and uh, out in public. Now, we have a, a law, you know, the 30-06 law, which is hysterical because that's what it was named um, here in Texas, that, you know, if it's posted on the outside of buildings, 30-06, um, that's the no carry firearms for any reason into this building law. And she'll have to go put her gun in the car. Right. Uh, but, uh, and I've and I've done that, too. Yeah. And uh, uh, and that's fine. Uh, but you're right. We we do carry for we do collect or or shoot uh, for completely different reasons. Yeah. Although I think if I got you out on a nice spring or fall day and had and stuck a shotgun in your hand, you'd enjoy oh, the hell out of shooting. I, clays. I, I've I've gone clay shooting before. I enjoy the hell out of it. It's just that where I've spent my money on what I have in my home is <laughs> the things that I actually would utilitarian possibly have with me and use well and that makes sense uh it, um, it really does i mean you you buy gun, whatever else they are they are a tool and the tool yeah. you need to use for the action in which you are buying it for is important um now i am much more of a casual um you know uh, uh sport shooter um i guess clays is a sport uh, but yeah yeah, I would think that's fair. I mean, I mean normally if it's can... if it's in the Olympics, it's a sport, damn it. You know what? I'm going with that. That's a you good. Can... And that, <laughs> I'm it, fine can, with that. I'm trying to get pole dancing in there, damn it. <laughs> Man, I would definitely stay through whatever commercials they had. You know, well, skeet uh, shooting then pole dancing. Hell yeah, that's a Friday night as far as I'm concerned. Uh, hey, that's next, quality next time, programming. <laughs> and next time somebody asks you before you go into the strip club, what you tell them you're going to the sports bar. <laughs> sports bar. I'm going to watch some Olympic training. <laughs> Olympic hopefuls doing their thing. <laughs> I mean, it's I, I much more enjoy for shooting shooting for that reason. But at the same time, again, I freaking hate the way that Bond Arms uh, 45, 410 looks. I hate the way it looks. Um, you're, you're not a Derringer fan? You know what? I'm not. Um, however, at the same time, I need the freaking thing. I need it. I needed something small on my hip that would fit under the vest and, and kind of uh, stay in, in a certain spot and everything like that, but would also stop a two to three hundred pound hog that was looking to hamstring me. Um, so, I mean, it, I, I, it'll I, do I, that. Yeah, I, I needed one of those. So because um, the, the shotgun with eight uh, number eight bird shot in it wasn't going to do it, especially if I had my 20 gauge, 20 gauge, eight. Number eight birdshot, probably not going to do anything but piss him off. Yeah, see, I didn't um, know if you just had one with a slug ro ro loaded into it ready to go in case. Well, we do often keep, uh, like if we have more than one per. well, we always have more than one person, but uh, whoever's closest to the car will put either uh, Buana's thirty thirty or my uh, Marlin forty four mag, um, and those are loaded in the car. 
Uh, so you just reach back, grab that, and and forty four mag or a thirty thirty at less than twenty five yards still that that'll work. Yeah, um, it'd be just fine. Um, but uh, if it happens a little faster than that, I needed a sidearm, and nine millimeter ain't gonna do it. Neither is a thirty eight special. Um, you needed something with a little more oomph than that to get through uh, a boar's skull. Um, and once again, just to throw out the contrast, you're looking at your your utilitarian is is whether or not a boar is coming at you. There yeah. are no there are no boar here. <laughs> uh, now, what you may That's have true. is um, being in a building where you have to load and unload at the loading dock after dark, in which there are a couple of fine upstanding gentlemen doing what is obviously a perfectly legal business deal. Uh huh. Yeah. In yeah, which case, it'll make you feel a whole lot more comfortable being armed. You know, I can understand. It's see, it's the environments in which we live, which designate yeah. the tools in which we use. Um, yeah. See, I, you know, that nine millimeter probably worked fine on those gentlemen doing a perfectly legal business deal. I, I, I thankfully have never had to find out, <laughs> and that is actually my goal: never to find out. <laughs> never to find out. Um. But it, just the idea that if it happens, I'm not the one standing there going, darn. <laughs> well, I guess I'm not making it home in the same condition I, I left in. Yeah, you know, you want them saying that, you know, I, I totally understand. Uh, and it's and it's a like like we said, it's a matter of where you are, who you are and what you're doing. And the thing the, the cool thing is that there is no matter what your situation, there is a firearm for that yes and that's totally something that works for me i love talking about them i love seeing well, I, and and i'm sure we'll get into it you know different types of uh you know sporting events are using different types of shotguns and different types of loads and stuff like that oh, God, even, yeah. even with regards to carry i mean i have different types of firearms for different situations i've got something that fits into my carry bag that i or my merce if you want to go that far um <laughs> You know, then I've got something that fits on my hip, and then I've also got something that fits in my pocket if I've got to wear a business suit. You know, it, it's it, 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 each one of them will fit a situation. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and it was funny because I, uh, you, you have to carry these things, you know, in, in some cases. And mine has a $600 Snake Slayer 445 caliber Derringer, two barrel Derringer, in an $80 holster on a $10 gun belt. Yeah, I mean, it just got progressively less expensive the further on down the line we went. You know, I actually, I literally, and I did do this. Um, I'll I'll post pictures of it on the site. I went and got a ten dollar AWP tool belt belt from Lowe's, yeah. and then took uh, oil stain, like gunstock oil stain, and stained it the same color as the holster, so it looks like it's supposed to be there. And then borrowed some um, utility belt keepers from uh, Shannon, who, uh, for those of you who don't know or don't remember, uh, is in law enforcement and has been forever. Borrowed some utility belt keepers from there and clipped it to my belt so I could pull easily, you know, and draw easily. So I wouldn't just kind of, you know, when you pull the gun, it wouldn't just yank the belt with it because uh, yep. I keep it on my hip. And that was my solution. It's like, bam, hog defense. That uh, probably wouldn't work for downtown Maryland. Um. Uh, well, in <laughs> Delaware, it would be considered open carry. Uh, Maryland, no. No, yeah, no, just no. All the way around, no. No. 
Um, and and what I and I and I've got a, a drawer full of Kydex inside the waistband holsters. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So. Absolutely. And and my wife has has both a shoulder rig and a hip rig. She's also got an open carry or a concealed carry license, and she's got a big. I don't know what to call it. Pouch where she keeps her three. Oh, she's got a yeah, BK3. just a, a, a fanny pack sort of thing. Y- yeah, except it's on your hip, you know, where yeah. you draw it. But, it, yeah, it's like a flap pouch leather thing that she yeah. she loves it. And technically speaking, that's concealed, right? Because um, you can't see any of the gun. It's completely concealed, at least in Texas that works. I, I don't know if it works in all 50 states. Check your local listings as they apply. <laughs> but in Texas, it's like, well, we can't see it. It must be concealed. Um, I, it, that's the same thing just about everywhere. I mean, for example, an inside, even I'll, I'll take him take that back. And outside the waistband holster, um, you have your shirt tucked into the, jeez, um, um, oh, why am I drawing a blank here? The handle of the gun. Why am I drawing a blank here? <laughs> <laughs> Grip, handle. Grip. That's what I'm going for. Sorry. Go. Brain freeze. Um, you have your shirt tucked uh, in and around the grip of the gun so everybody can see it and you are open carrying the moment you untuck yeah. your shirt and flop it down around it that's you concealed. Are now concealed carrying right uh, doesn't matter if everyone in the world can see it printing it's still concealed carry right and and yeah and see shannon normally wears her shirt tucked in because she's again law enforcement type so she doesn't feel comfortable with her shirt out so she tucks her shirt in and of course now she's got a you know a, a, a 380 on her hip uh, and so she puts it, she took a, she replaced that holster with the pouch thing holster. And now she can wear the same thing on the outside pouch is absolutely visible. The exact same place on the belt clipped in as yep. the holster was, but now she's still concealed carry, um, which she much prefers. So she just flips the flap up and grabs the gun and she's good to go. Um, not that she's ever had to do that, but, um, in fact, well, she uses the taser a lot more than. Else, well, the other but... thing that we can hit on at some point in time is also spousal and family appreciation for the fact that there are firearms in the house. Because obviously, uh, Shannon, your spouse, is perfectly okay with it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Mine, I had to come up with something else for her to use for home defense. Yeah, and that does happen. And that does happen. I'm very lucky in that um, my wife is and has been comfortable with firearms. Now, she's not... So hot on the shotguns, although I've just cut down a shotgun that is her size. I, I actually had to cut it down smaller than a used shotgun, which we can go into later but um, at another time. But um, she's very comfortable with pistols, always has been. She is always, or in the 20-some-odd years that I've been married to her, she has needed a service weapon about 18 of those years. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's she's always carried. There's always been a service weapon in the house that, that it's hers. Um, and our, my children correspondingly, um, they go to gun shows with me. They, my, my 12 year old can strip a, a Remington 870 as good as anybody I know. Um, she can, now the only need help she needs is pounding the pins out. But other than that, she can strip an 870 with, with her eyes closed. Um, my six year old is not far behind her. They are very comfortable with guns because I've made sure they are, you know, I've educated them. I've showed them what the deal is. They love to clean the guns with me. Um, you know, we keep the ammunition all locked up and the guns where they're supposed to be. But still, my whole family's very comfortable with firearms. That is not and always it, the case. And mine's not. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, my my um, my my daughter, who's 15, 
has no interest and my wife is downright terrified of them. Um, so in the, in the midst of several opportunities of trying to teach her how to use them. So in case, because I do travel for work, you know, what happens if somebody comes in the house when I'm not home? Right. Um, she downright refused. So, uh, in the process of talking to somebody else in law enforcement, they gave me an idea that I just loved bear mace. Oh yeah. No, that's good stuff. Yeah. That'll do it. That'll do it. Now, now everybody in the house may be itching their eyes at that point in time, but nobody's going anywhere. Yeah, but nobody, <laughs> everyone's unhappy. <laughs> yeah, Shannon, uh, Shannon has a uh, flashlight taser. She loves that thing. Um, sometimes she drives Uber just for extra cash and cause she's bored and she has to go do stuff and all that stuff. And, and she's had to get it and she, it's right by her hand and it's right by the lap, you know, her lap, she mm-hmm. get it and, zzz, you know, she, you know, it, it sobers drunk people up very, very fast. I'm sure it does. Um, and, and it's a lot more, you know, cause whether when you're drunk, sometimes you may or may not look at a gun and go, I think I, you know, she won't shoot me because that's a big deal. But she can tase the living crap out of your ass, and nobody will think twice about it. You know, that doesn't leave you but anything but pissing yourself and in a puddle of drool. So she can do that as many times as she wants, and it's unless fine. they've got a pacemaker. And then again, <laughs> she's still fine. She's like, nope, my car, my rules. You're gonna, you're gonna well, have I mean, to get the, out. It, 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 the main uh, point of that is she's still fine. Yeah, exactly. She's fine. Uh, so that was kind of our answer for her. And she's, oh, and she's been trained on tasers and stuff since, or stun guns, whatever you want to call them. Um, since, sh- uh, she was 19, you know, uh, it was when she had her first one for her first job. So, or her first job in, in law enforcement. So she's had them for a long time and she's gone through a couple of them. As a matter of fact, um, we still have her favorite flashlight where she used, uh, where she was in security. She used to just or uh, uh, she was a cop for a local municipality, and she used to beat the crap out of stuff with it. People, stuff, cars, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's got dents well, and scratches that, that, and blood and everything those, on it. Those mag lights are wonderful things. Oh, just a, oh man, it was, it was, I mean, it's like a 4D mag light. I mean, it's like a, just a big stick from hell. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to digress on you for a moment, which I, I know you're used to. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, just as far as something having fun, uh, I think I might've told you this via text at some point in time, but, um, I was working the one and only gun show here, um, <laughs> an, older, show. An, an older gentleman who was obviously a war vet. I don't know exactly which war. If I had to guess, the man was probably in his late sixties, early seventies, um, walked over and was looking at a rock Island, 1911, 45 caliber. Oh yeah. Nice guy. Uh, and, you know, I just came over and just like any clerk and started talking to him about it. And his um, looked at me and goes, yeah, I think I had one on just on the look just like this back when I was in the war. We used to use them as hammers and they would still fire. <laughs> and I was kind of like, I'm, I'm sure it would. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of do. <laughs> and uh, he, he proceeded to go on and complain about the fact that the newer firearms they're giving uh, the soldiers these days are polymer. Uh, as he think he referred to it as that plastic bullshit. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, and there's those people who think that. I mean, Buona thought that until he had his first Glock. Uh, you know. Well, 
uh, trying to be diplomatic, I uh, looked at him and said, yeah, you know, the polymer is a little bit less expensive. It's a little bit lighter to carry. That man looked me dead in the eye, and his response to that was, but if you pistol whip somebody with plastic, it ain't the goddamn same thing. No, no, it is not. And, uh, and you, I, it's difficult I to argue with it. It may be politically incorrect, but he's not wrong, okay? No. <laughs> he's not wrong. Uh, Perhaps a bit bloodthirsty, but he's not wrong. <laughs> well, as I said, the man was obviously a war vet. Um, well, and you know, and, and some of those guys have had to do that, okay? Oh, oh, absolutely. And and when you've had to do that and have had and know what that feels like and and now thankfully I never have okay the the worst thing I've ever had to do is like you know shoot the boar yeah exactly you know I've had to shoot a hog okay that's the worst thing I've ever had to do and that's because he was going to try and take my father's Achilles tendon out from behind all right now I had a problem with that I shot him there was no more problem. But in in fact, if you were really lucky, you had barbecue that night. Right. Well, we did. We we called the guy whose land it was, and we're like, "Hey, man, I'm sorry, I shot a shot, I shot a hog out here." He goes, "Oh my god, I'll be right out." And sure enough, he came out with a, a one of those um, I don't know what they're called, like a Polaris. Uh, looks like a pickup truck, but it's not. It's it's like a little cross between a golf cart and a pickup yeah. truck. Winched this thing onto the back of that, and he's like, "All right, man. Well, I'm gonna start up the smoker." <laughs> Come back around when you guys are done. We'll have some ribs, man. Like, sweet. <laughs> and that was the end of the conversation, you know. Um, so, I mean, but when you talk about people who are like, yeah, I had to pistol whip a dude Nam or, you know, I mean, like those those individuals are still walking around, okay? Um, they know what that is, and they've had to shoot. Like my father has never never, and I'll get him to talk about this on a cast one day, never forgiven the M16. He hated it when he carried it. He hated it in the jungle. He hated it when it jammed on him, and he hated doing work on it. He hated it, right? You will never convince that man that an M16 is worth two piles of shit, all right? Ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Not even a modern, modern AR? I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, it's too, it's a very much like an M16. Uh, no, that's why, like that's why I asked. Yeah, it's, it's anything like that. It's just space of shit. <laughs> You'll get, I'll get him to do it one time. We'll, we'll, we'll poke the bear with a stick and see if we can get him to do his, his like 15 minute diatribe on why I, the M16 sucked. If I, my um, only suggestion to you is, is make sure that you've uh, picked up a used M14 that you can placated with when it's all said and done <laughs> yeah, exactly. now see he loved the m14 of course he did oh he thought that was a beautiful gun you know I, uh, it, and it was and it was you a little know, bit on the heavy side a little bit but um, that's point. not what they gave him to carry in the jungle and he was upset all right <laughs> let's just put it that way i'm 43 years old i've heard that rant probably a hundred times and it's it never gets old because I just roll around like, no, it's not a funny matter because I know his life depended on it and it was a sucky rifle for him and it was, you know, it was, it had, it was environmentally sensitive. Let's just say it that way. Um, I'm a little persnickety, uh, especially in the early parts of the war, which is when he was issued one. Um, not his favorite. <laughs> I'm just going to say not his favorite. <laughs> you, know? Uh, you know, guns that easily jam if they're dirty do not do well in the jungle. Yeah. You know, and uh, I get that. 
You know, I do. I get it. It's perfectly reasonable response to the environment in which he was. Now, he loves 1911s because they always fired. He loves uh, uh, Smith & Wesson 38s because they always fired. Right? You could always yeah. make one work. And and the, to listen to him tell it, like, look, when you're stuck in the jungle and your life depends on it and you need to use something, a gun that doesn't work, I don't care how beautiful he's designed, is a stick, you know. Um, a weapon that will work will save your life. It's really difficult to argue with that. Um, and, and clubs don't do well in modern warfare. <laughs> yeah. You get way too close if you're using it as a stick, you know. Uh, yeah. um, so, uh, like, you can take him to a gun show, and he will he will sneer at the AR tables. He really will, you know. Look at that bullshit. <laughs> you can just listen to him. I, I it's hysterical to me because I I have no plans to have one. I I don't need one. I'm I'm more of a shotgun guy. Um, I, and the rifle I have is like a a thirty year old freaking Marlin lever action. So I mean that's that's and in fact other than a a bolt action Savage which I got on the cast and refurbished, um, turned out beautifully. But those are the only two rifles I own. You know. Well, um, I'll, I'll I'll be honest. I have two. I guess the true classification for him, if you want to go into the ATF, is a pistol. But I've got an AR and an AK pistol. They both fire nine millimeter rounds. Sure. Um, I I pick up the AK over the AR in a heartbeat. Very difficult to argue with an AK. Um, um I, it, well, it, it's it's steel. Yeah. It's yeah. heavy. Yep. The thing has never once jammed on me. Yeah, see, it's real difficult to argue with that. Um, I mean, know, if, if, if I was going hiking and had to take one with me, I think I might go the other direction because, you know, the AR is lighter. But just as far as in an emergency, where, where, where do I grab? Well, I'm grabbing the AK. Yeah, see, in an emergency, I'm grabbing the uh, the 12-gauge with the 18-and-a-half-inch in, uh, barrel and, you know... <laughs> I, I, look, I, I won't actually argue with you there either because my home defense is actually a 14-inch barrel um, uh, Mossberg shockwave. Right, right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if I'm talking in home, that's uh, that's what I'm reaching for. That's actually the one that's next to the bed. I guess that's true. It does depend on where you are because if, if I'm out on the ranch when I'm grabbing in an emergency because the emergency is a stupid-ass pig that wants to kill me, I'm grabbing a Derringer 45. Or a Marlin uh, lever action uh, rifle, you know, in forty four caliber. Um, if I'm at home, I'm grabbing a shotgun, you know. So, I mean, I guess it does depend on where you are. Well, the, the other thing I have to worry about at home since I live in a townhouse is neighbors. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah, there's, there is that. Uh, so, there's, there, see, there's a bunch of stuff. And uh, I think we've been going for a little while here, but... Um, <laughs> What? We actually intended this to be like a 20, 30 minute cast. And this is what happens when you talk to other gun freaks. You start to ramble. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that. Like they know even at work, they know not to get me started on guns because I will go on for just ad nauseum. Um, uh, I have the same problem. It is. It is so great. Um, but uh, 
for sure. Welcome to the show, sir. You, you should have been here to begin with anyway, because uh, you and I have the same kind of mentality. Different preferences, but the same kind of mentality. Um, I, I needed the proper tools. Last time you invited me on a podcast, I was talking in a can when you could finally <laughs> get my voice onto it at all. <laughs> well, you sound much better now. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, we look forward to it. Uh, we look forward to talking with you guys, uh, about guns and, and going on. We've got, uh, next time we meant to talk about it this time, but I can, we were different on different stuff, but, uh, next time we're going to talk John Wick three and the guns of John Wick three. Um, and maybe Such even a wonderful movie, entire John Wick series, you know, uh, the bond arm snake slayer, uh, appeared I, in John Wick three. I have to, I also have to, uh, Go back and see if I can find the email that I sent you guys once. You guys once asked about John Wick and reloading, and I think I actually went through and counted that out once. <laughs> yeah, we totally need to go over that because it's one of my favorite movies right now. It's just got tons of gun porn in it, and it's so great. And it came out, uh, as we record this podcast, it came out um, a couple days ago, Friday. And uh, we're recording this one on a Sunday. You'll probably hear it about a week from now. So you guys will have, uh, the both of you who are listening, you will have no excuse <laughs> but to have seen John Wick 3 and be ready to talk, uh, or at and, least listen. And, and if you're one of the people who would listen to this cast, then you, you probably really should be seeing John Wick. Yeah, you, see, you should see John Wick 3. Uh, but uh, with that in mind, I think we'll close it off. Jake, you got anything else? Nope. Right on. Well, we will see you hopefully next time. Y'all take it easy. On behalf of Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, check us out at hawksideguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.